Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you want to learn more about the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. It's not just for contracting officers. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. Our mission, to make government contracts better one contract at a time. Today's episode is sponsored by the Government Contract Pricing Summit, a groundbreaking pricing event bringing together government and industry. If you're planning to attend any conference this year, this is the event you really should consider. The GCP Summit runs from June 21st to June 23rd in San Diego. You should definitely be there. Be outstanding training and workshops. Be able to learn from top experts from both government and industry. You'll be able to connect with like-minded peers, earn continuing professional education credits. Plus, you can participate in a special podcast that we're going to be doing live from the GCP Summit. They're also offering a special rate for podcast listeners. Visit gcpsummit.com slash podcast to find out about the savings and see the list of great speakers that they've put together for the event. This is a limited time offer, so check out gcpsummit.com slash podcast today. Tell your friends in the pricing world there's finally a conference for them. Okay, let's get this episode started. Hey, Kevin. Today, we're going to talk about unallowable costs. We are. This is yet another unique feature of government contracts, and it's just because a cost is allocable and, and is assigned and it's something that actually was incurred doesn't necessarily mean that it can be counted against the government contract. So it's important for all of us to know what's allowable and what's not. So what is an unallowable cost? So here we go with FAR time. This is FAR part 2.101. This is the definitions part of it. And it says... The reading part. Yeah, the reading part. An unallowable cost is any cost that, under the provisions of any pertinent law, regulation, or contract, cannot be included in the prices, the cost reimbursement, or settlement under a government contract to which it is allocable. So you incurred the cost for that contract, but it may not be allowable. So in English... It's a cost that you incurred, but you got to pay for it out of profit. <laughs> that's, right. that's simply what it comes down to. It doesn't go back to the government, right? So right. this is all over the FAR. FAR part 31 is the big part, and that's the part we'll talk about here in a minute. But this, this touches on FAR part 15, the, the negotiation parts. 16, where it's talking contract types. Part 22 with labor laws. Part 42 with contract administration. And even... FAR Part 49 with termination, because then they really get into the weeds of what's allowable and what's not if you're terminated. That will be an entertaining podcast at some point in the future. So who are the people that really care about unallowable costs? Well, according to FAR 31201-1B, bravo, so I'm going to read this to you. While the total costs of the contract include all costs properly allocable to the contract, okay, that makes sense, the allowable costs are limited pursuant to FAR Part 31 and applicable agency supplements. Yeah, there are 28 different supplements that address this. Right, we always talk about this in DOD terms because that's really our background is the DOD acquisition world. But every agency out there pretty much has a supplement that somehow touches upon these allowable costs. So if you work for OPM or the Broadcasting Board of Governors or the Nuclear Regulatory Commission – your FAR supplement also has specific parts dealing with allowable costs. Beyond what we're going to talk about today, it's just out of the FAR. So yeah, this is, this is one of those things that if, 
if you don't know what it is, it's, it's in your contract somewhere because of all these supplements. No matter what agency you work with, it probably does apply. Okay, let's walk through how, how do we know what is unallowable and what's not. So FAR 31201-2 is called Determining Allowability, and it walks through the steps. So the f- first thing to be allowable, is it a reasonable cost? Yeah, that's easy enough. What's reasonable? So you can't pay your brother-in-law's company like $1,000 a piece for paper plates and charge <laughs> that to the government. That is not reasonable for a paper plate. All right, move on. Number two, is it allocable? Can you actually say, I incurred this cost in the performance of this contract? The third piece is, is it a cost that is applicable if you're following generally accepted accounting principles? Another easy one. The fourth one, terms of the contract. That's so, a little bit harder. Yeah, it, it is. And the, the contract itself can say the what, you know, some specific segment of costs are not allowable on this contract. The fifth one is where the FAR really steps in. (laughs) That's right. And that says any limitations set forth in this subpart describing what allowability is and what's not. So determining it gets really easy. Is it reasonable? Is it allocable? Does it follow the accounting rules? Does a contract say it is or isn't? But then you get to, uh uh-oh, FAR time. Now you got to read a whole lot of far to figure this stuff out, right? And then make judgments on top of that. So yeah, this and and, and what's entertaining to me is that there are fifty-two examples they give you, but they also tell you these aren't all the examples that may apply. Let's talk about some specific examples out of FAR thirty-one two hundred five. So pulling one out of the bag, thirty-one two hundred five fifteen fines, penalties, and mischarging costs. The FAR tells you that. Fines that you pay as a result of doing something bad, so the government has fined you, are not allowable as a cost that is then billed back to the government. So if they're punishing you, you can't bill them for that. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Seems logical, and I'm sure somebody tried this, and that's why it's now a rule. All right, another one out of the grab bag, 205-18, donations. And this is a funny one because the FAR is actually telling you which donations are okay and which are not. Somehow they're judging the goodness of your donation. <laughs> so it's, it actually says donations aren't allowable unless they're for costs to participate in community service activities. And it says blood banks, savings bonds, disaster assistance. So those are good donations that you can make allowable co- costs to your contract. But, <laughs> but... Donations for excess food to nonprofit organizations in accordance with the Federal Food Donation Act of 2008. Whoever whoever knew that that even existed. Those donations are not allowable. So it's okay to suck the blood out of your employees and charge that to the government. But you can't give excess food from the cafeteria or whatever through the Food Donation Act. Kind of weird. But like everything, someone did something that made someone angry, like had an outrageous amount of money in their costs for donations of excess food. And the government said, wait a second, this is shady. What are you doing here? And, you know, therefore all the organizations that would benefit from donations of excess food are now just kind of out of luck because it's not allowable anymore. Give me a simple example now. (laughs) It's funny. The most straightforward 
instructions in this entire section. This is FAR 3120551, costs of alcoholic beverages. And it straight up says, costs of alcoholic beverages are unallowable. And that's all it says. Done. Period. No discussion, no analysis, done. <laughs> right. And I got, I could only guess the reason that's so specific is because so many companies have tried to weasel around it and like reclassify alcoholic beverages as, you know, part of a meal or part of something else. Or I can't imagine any other explanation for why they had to make it so simple. Like, no kidding, not allowable. Don't care what you, how you classify them, don't care where they are, not allowable. Yeah, I, I love it when a, a far reference is six words. It, that, let's embrace simplicity when we do fight. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that very often, but right, that's pretty let's, direct. Let's jump on it. So here's one that's not as direct, but it's right along the same line. Uh, 205-14 talks about entertainment costs. And it tells you that tickets to shows and sporting events are, are not allowable costs. And you know it's, it's under cost of amusement, diversions, and social activities. Diversions, I like yeah. that word. But there's good reasons. Cost of memberships to country clubs are also not allowable. So these are these are benefits that companies may want to give to employees, you know, the you, membership in the golf club for the executives or a, a box at a sporting event, right? So so the employees can all go to go to see a baseball game or a football game or whatever. Those aren't bad things, but along the way someone has made it look bad and that bad publicity has made the government say no no, no you, you can't charge back to the government your employees sitting at the 50-yard line of the football game. Yeah, and it's the appearance. This 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 particular paragraph, it just think in terms of if it looks bad, it's probably not allowable. Yeah, exactly. As, if, if and it looks tense, bad to the government, not to you. Yeah. Well, and, and and I was thinking, and as I'm thinking through that, maybe it's a matter of if it looks bad to you as a taxpayer, it's probably unallowable. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good way to explain. Thumb. And that's that's a whether you agree with it or not, it's it's in the far. <laughs> so we just kind of roll through it. Now, here's one that really makes sense. Actually, I'll give you two that make sense. 31205-22 talks about lobbying and political activity costs. And it says any costs you incur to try to influence the outcome of an election, federal, state, or local, or contributing to political party or a campaign or a political action committee, those costs are unallowable. And this makes total sense because otherwise companies could spend a billion dollars buying politicians – in order to gain more business and charge that billion dollars back to that business that they gained. So in order to break that cycle of influence, you can spend money to do those kind of things, and companies do all the time, but it's not an allowable cost to the government. It's, it's out of their profits. All right, give me one more. Let's talk taxes. Taxes, yeah. So 3120541 is taxes, and it's the same kind of deal as the lobbying one that I just talked about. So your, your federal, state, and local taxes are allowable. It's a fact of life. You have to pay those taxes. It's a cost. rolls back to the, to the cost that, that you bill to the government. But some types of taxes are not allowable. And, and one of those is taxes in connection with financing or refinancing or reorganizations within the company. And this is one of those things. If you're spending money to benefit your company only – things that make you more money that don't benefit the government, they don't want you charging those costs back to the government. And that's that same self-licking ice cream cone thing, right? But they want to break the cycle. And the reason is most likely 
because at some point someone had a really, really, really big allowable cost to reorg their company. And the government said, wait a second, that's for you, not for us. So now it's in the FAR. Congrats. And FAR FAR Part 31205 got yet another item (laughs) on the list. So we'll see how how, how fast it grows. Uh, Someday we'll do a uh, a historical recreation of how many subparagraphs there were in (laughs) 31205 at the very beginning of the FAR. Yeah, I, I think 52 is actually an, an added one because when this applied to, this actually applied to a contract that I did years ago and because th- of the alcohol, because we were restructuring something on, on, on the contract and it came up, the alcohol part, and it was so explicitly clear that it was pretty easy. I think that used to be the last one. So now <laughs> they've, they've since added one. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, as, as this, this mission to make the, the government's books auditable they may discover more and more things like this. So it'd be interesting to watch. So yeah, we'll come back to this in a couple of years and see if we have to update it. (laughs) Now there's 75. Why is this so important, Kevin? It's important because government contracts are complicated things, right? In the commercial world, your costs are your costs and you're subject to accepted accounting standards. The government world adds another layer on top of all of that. And that layer is allowable or unallowable. And another reason this is really important is that cleaning these up after the fact, it's, it's no fun and, and it's not cheap. And, and so it really, and my favorite reason is it does nothing for the mission of the customer. So being aware of these ahead of time is, is really important is that understanding that there is this allowable versus unallowable discussion to be had with your accounting folks before you start segregating your costs is a big deal. And probably the most important reason is There's actually penalties involved if you don't get this stuff right. If you charge expressly unallowable costs to a contract, you have to pay those costs back plus interest. And if you knew about these costs before you submitted your proposal, then the penalty, and I'm reading this right out of the FAR, the penalty is two times that amount. You get a a double whammy if you, what they're basically saying is if if you actually knew that this was unallowable and you still put it in your proposal, then you get, you get two donks on the head. And one more thing to consider in here is that the FAR actually requires that, that you have to identify your unallowable costs. So it's one thing to know what they are. It's one thing to segregate them. It's another thing to, you have to identify them in your proposal. Say, hey, these are, these are all of our costs that we're not charging you for. That's kind of weird. But you actually have to identify it, which ones are excluded from any billing claim or proposal applicable to a government contract. That's the language. Let's get specific about why the government should care. This is why cost-type contracts are more difficult for everyone to manage. Right? This is one of those things that comes back to haunt you. So don't move into cost-type contracts if a fixed-price contract is more appropriate. And this is why I, I push the idea of why contract type matters so much is that it, it, these kind of decisions are made months before the RFP comes out, weeks before the RFP comes out. It don't make them lightly because this is one of those things that six months, six years later shows up that, oh, yeah, a cost type contract sounded easier. But the person who made that decision may have no clue that they threw yet another rock in the pond. <laughs> and this is a ripple that we're all dealing with later. If you're a CEO that's dealing with big companies that have approved accounting systems that government audit agencies have been through and done all this work, that's one thing. If you're a CEO that's dealing with a lot of small businesses that are just moving into cost-type contracts, there's a lot of complications. 
they could occur here. And on top of that, your customer probably does, they're not your customer, your customer being the person that needs the body armor or the equipment or the software or whatever. They're not reading the FAR and they don't even think about this kind of stuff. And I, I wouldn't if I were them, right? So maybe it sounds easier to do a contract in, in one way. They probably don't know about this. So part of it is educate them on it, is make sure they understand that, okay, this, the cost to this small business that we're bringing on to them of managing this allowable versus unallowable exercise is going to get rolled up to us. So understand that by making this a cost type contract and having having a small company only has two million dollars in revenue, all of a sudden this kicks in for them. You're adding work and you're slowing the process down. So yeah, I like that. So industry side, why should they care? I think you just set up some of it, right? It's a lot of work. If you're a small company and you want to advance beyond just delivering commercial items, you know the boxes of things, or just delivering labor hours or type type contracts where you're you're billing a fixed rate for an hour's worth of work, if you want to move beyond that, you're going to need to be able to show that you can properly segregate between allowable and unallowable costs in your accounting system. And once you do that, the government can deem your accounting system acceptable, which is a step towards having an approved accounting system by the government. And getting an approved accounting system is no small feat. In order for your system to be deemed acceptable at a minimum, your chart of accounts is going to look different than a non-government company's would. Let me explain what I mean by that. In the non-government world, business meals, employee meals, that's something that is an expense. It's a cost that's probably tax deductible in some way or another. But in the government world, any alcohol associated with those meals is unallowable. So you'll need to make sure that you get an itemized receipt that shows what was food and what was alcohol. And you need to make sure that you have separate accounts for unallowable and allowable costs so that the food goes to the allowable side and the booze goes to the unallowable side. Sounds easy enough-ish. And hoping that you don't get audited, it's not a great plan. You know, you, <laughs> this affects your price as, as well as all of your accounting and the different types of work you do. So you, you got a plan for this stuff. And kind of like we talked about a lot of small businesses don't even know where FAR 31205 is. So show your con- it's, as a small business on the industry side, show your contracting officer that you're a strong small business because you understand this stuff, right? So I'm going to give you an, a story of uh, one, of, one of our community members, Lucos. Uh, Garth Arevalo was on, on the podcast, I think, episode 49 and 50. And he talked about in, in that episode, they were getting their, their system up and running. And the cool part about the story they tell is that it took them a while to get the things up and running. They've been in business for, I think, what would be like eight years now. So they're, they're a mature small business. But when they put their system in place and they had all these costs and they could show this process, then the DCAA, the Defense Contract Audit Agency folks, come in and are in and out of their office in like 15 minutes. But that process didn't happen overnight. They were planning for it for years and they were able to show, okay, we can segregate all these kind of things. So Understanding that process and how much work it takes to get there is, is a big deal. And I use Lucas as a great story because it's a, it's a great story of, okay, the auditor came in and saw it and went, okay, you guys have your system. You can allocate everything. This is great. And it's a great story of getting the, the auditor in and out of your office quickly and getting approved. <laughs> yeah. But that, that took years of, of planning and, and strategic logic <laughs> to get there. Yeah, and good on Lucas because if you are audited, even if you get things wrong, if you don't have the – allowable and unallowable segregated perfectly correctly 
if you can demonstrate that you've made a good faith effort to to do it properly, you'll be treated much more kindly than if you say, what? Unallowable? I have to do what? What's that mean? Yeah, you, you got to side dry looking for that. You got to show you care. So to summarize, Kevin, allowable and unallowable costs is a special governmenty thing that's stacked on top of all the other rules that businesses have to follow. Governmenty, I love that word. Step one is knowing where these things are, which again, far thirty one two hundred five is the first place to look. Yeah, it's all over the place, but thirty one two hundred five is a great place to start. Yeah. And my personal favorite part of this one is, is if we scared you out of even using a cost type contract because of these examples on, on either side, right. um, we're helping make government contracts get done a little bit faster. Because as you, as you mentioned, Paul, firm fixed price contracts, they get done faster in a lot of ways and they don't always make sense, but I think they make sense more often than we think. I agree. Okay, everyone, if you like the CO podcast, please tell a friend. The best way for people to find about this information that we're giving away for free is for you to tell them to listen to the podcast. And we now have you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, that kind of thing. We also have a Facebook group, so you can look there for us also. And go to the Contracting Officer podcast page and leave us a comment and your ideas and because that's where we get a lot of this content. Unallowable cost was yet another example that somebody said, what are unallowable costs? At an event I went to, and here we are. All right, Kevin. I'll talk to you later. See you, Paul. Okay, that's it for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. 